listening to Gratitude and Grace, a mindful approach to recognizing the abundance and positivity in your daily life. Discover how you can change your life by changing your thoughts. Here's your host and hope dealer, Jenna Drew Dancy. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Gratitude and Grace. I am excited to share our guest expert with us today. She is going to talk to us all about following your intuition, letting go of those voices in your head, and recognizing how to actually listen to that inner voice and guru that you've had in there all along. So I I can't wait to see where this conversation goes, and I know it's going to be very helpful in letting you actually get down and, and live your true freedom. So without any further ado, uh, today we have Psychic Willow Bradner, and we're going to talk all about mindset, entrepreneurship, money, and who else knows where this conversation is going to go. So hi, Willow. Hi, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, This is awesome to bring this kind of information to anybody, I feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. We've never had anybody on the show like you before, so I know this is going to be a huge hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, that's even better. Cool. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to you really quick about calling yourself an accidental psychic. What does that mean? So I call it accidental psychic because like there are the kind of psychics who were sort of born into this ability. And then there are those of us who tripped into this ability. And so initially, my psychic was like a drunk party trick. I was really good at bars. I was really good under the influence (laughs) of alcohol. Um, I could tell you anything with that. And it was really on my wedding night when those who had crossed over sort of entered the party at the end of the night. It was my parents and my husband hanging out. And it was my father's late father, whom I've never met. And then my mother's or my husband's late mother, who I had never met, sort of showed up at the party. And I remember my dad was the one that recognized, like, I think you're channeling my father. And my whole body had changed and my voice had sort of changed. And my husband looked at me and he goes, I did not sign up for girl who speaks to dead people. And he was like, peace out. (laughs) Bless his heart. He has done his damn best to be (laughs) in this relationship. And he has totally like, you know, he's cool about it. But that's when I really recognized that the accident needed to be, um, curated and that I needed to kind of go work with people who knew what they were doing and and get a serious handle on this. So now what I like to say about the accident is that it's, it's accidental or serendipitous as to how our guides deliver the messages, how the people upstairs sort of deliver information to us. And we can have all the expectations that we want, but truly it's what's for a higher self that shows up. And that accident is so beautiful. Oh, I got chills whenever you were telling that story. And it it good? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. So I, I live in a very old farmhouse. I feel like I need to have you over so you can just channel all the energy that's happening in this house. <laughs> yes, I love it. So tell me about luck. So you, you've gone through this big transformation in, in your life. And, and I'll let you share that story with our listeners because I know there's going to be some tons of, of insights in there where basically you went from living in this garden level apartment to building this 100,000 plus a year business to you know, having the relationship that you're in now. How did that all happen? And, and where, did, where did your story kind of start? to get there. 
So what I had noticed in my early 20s, and this was prior to me being psychic at the time, I was um, a hairdresser and I was doing well as a hairdresser. I, I have Midwest blood, meaning that, that I'm, I have built-in hustle. Um, my work ethic is like a goat. And so I was doing well as a hairdresser, but as I was looking around the world, I was having this assumption that everybody was luckier than I was, that somehow their families had money, they had come from some sort of luck that had presented, so they got to drive better cars, they lived in nicer apartments. And really the truth was, now that I can see it hindsight, is I was cheap and <laughs> I had money in my bank account and was refusing to go into debt. But my, my assumptive mind was that everybody clearly was luckier than me. And it was around that time period that the secret had come out and, you know, Walgreens had sold out of poster board because everybody was going to build their little dream board and become something. But what I really got from that idea was that I could change the way I looked at my life and what if I manifested something else? And so I chose this one sentence, which was, I'm so lucky, and decided to apply this message to my life. I'm so lucky. And it was, it was a total blatant lie for the first probably year. But at the time, I was living in this crappy garden-level apartment, which actually, hindsight again, was so lucky that I'd found it. It was cheap, huge square footage, and I was really very fortunate to have it. And I had um, been driving a 1988 Toyota Corolla, just so that we've got the scope of where I'm at in this time period. And I'm, I think, around 31-ish years old. From the age of, uh, no, excuse me, 29 years old. From the age of 29 to 31, at the age of 31, using this little mantra, I'm so lucky, in two years, I went from making $50,000 a year to making $100,000 a year and buying my first home. And that expanse was just literally starting to have the change of attitude and gratitude for my life. And I ultimately believe that we expand our ability to manifest when we actually can find love in what we already have. I don't think the universe can give us more if we're so focused on our lack. And I think it was the day that I turned around my lack mentality and turned up the volume on the positives of what I had that everything actually transformed and transitioned. And within two years of buying that house, again, not a lucky girl. Everybody else was getting married and meeting boyfriends and I was unlucky in all those areas as well. I started to see how lucky I was, meaning as well my worthiness and that the only thing at this point now that I have to lose is myself. Whereas I had otherwise been what I call a shapeshifter in relationships. I was transforming myself to fit into their needs, never really understanding my true worth. But as I drew into this idea of I'm so lucky, I started to recognize what I was bringing to the table as well. And in that as well manifested my husband. And I don't know if he would say the same, but I truly feel like I was able to bring him closer because I was so clear about who I was and what I was no longer willing to accept. And so only the best could show up. And he is. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I mean, you really, you took this in all areas of your life, just recognizing that you were so lucky. And I love that. That's something that I feel like all of our listeners could just start saying. It's like this quick little affirmation that, 
so easy. So lucky. <laughs> you just have to say it. Even yeah. like you said, even if it's not true in the moment, just keep saying it and it will become true. But you know, well, so just a side story. So my husband this week, he tore a muscle in his calf. And it, like in normal cases, one would go down the dark path into the bad neighborhood, looking at the healthcare costs, looking at, you know, how terrible this is and how it's going to affect our lives and, and all it, it can upend you these things, right? Like he's on crutches, he works in construction. You can look at it from the negative viewpoint. We're sitting in the doctor's office and the doctor keeps apologizing to us for like what's happened, this torn muscle and how it's going to put him out for weeks. And I keep laughing. I'm like, why do you guys keep apologizing? We're so lucky. We're so lucky it's not a broken bone. We're so lucky he's not having surgery. We are so lucky we caught it when we did. We are so lucky we have health care. We're so lucky it's not cancer. We're so lucky that it's all these other. And that's the difference between being in lack and being in luck. The lack brain is going to look for all the things that went wrong on that day and all the reasons to be upset. And the luck brain is going to find all the good news. I love that. I mean, this is something that so many people can just start doing right now. It's not spending five minutes doing a journal. It's not meditating. It's not, it's just one simple sentence that you can say to yourself to change your whole attitude and your whole mindset and your whole day. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Wow. I love this. Um, so you, you said something about recognizing everything that was around you. How fundamental do you think that was into starting to draw? It's like this, this attraction that you started attracting everything that you wanted in your life by looking at what you currently had. So I think the big word here is, um, recognition, right? When you start recognizing two things happen, like oftentimes, at least in the, in the spiritual community, we love to throw out this word forgiveness. And I think you can't forgive anything until you first recognize, period. And then the next part of recognition is taking responsibility for your role and action in the world. And so as I'm saying, I'm so lucky, and I'm starting to realize that my brain is now looking for luck. Like, the brain itself is such a spectacular tool. When we talk about manifesting in a spiritual way versus a scientific way, there's two different transitions there. The brain itself, as you start manufacturing a new truth, the brain starts looking for proof. So my brain was looking for proof in the luck. And as it was looking for the proof in the luck and recognizing what was around me, it was also, I was also realizing my role that I'd been playing and then having to take responsibility for the things that weren't working. And it was really in the taking responsibility that I think things officially took a deep sea dive and then up again. Now, talk to me about this transformation. So you started as a, a hairdresser, then you started you channeling this inner psychic and, and this inner gift that you had and in you mentioned you started seeking help from others and guidance and kind of harnessing this tool that you have. How did you go from just recognizing your, your gift to turning that into a business? So if I'm really honest, the psychic's been here all along. And, and my, again, my assumption, my assumptive 
behavior and pattern was to assume that everybody was special or more important or you had to have magic pixie dust to get something done. So while the intuition was always talking, while I was doing hair, while I'm shampooing people's hair, while I'm blow drying, I'm giving all my clients this amazing information. And I'm thinking to myself, like either I'm really smart or like this is coming from somewhere else. But I didn't really put it together that I had what you call psychic powers, if you will. Like to me, it was just how I had always been since I was a child. It was when the, the people who had crossed over started talking that I then went, oh, they had to really do something big in order for me to pay attention. They being, for those of you who are layman's to this, they being, uh, we have a set of guides, angels, and then those people who have crossed over. And for me, they're all three channeling in and talking to me at all the time, all the, not all the time, but when I'm channeling in. So as a hairdresser, I was crossing boundaries and not being invited to the party for my client. They, we didn't have an agreement. I just thought I was smart in giving them advice. Hindsight being 2020, now being really well trained, I know that I had breached some boundaries. And in the training process, there's been a period of time where the hair business went wonky and sideways a little bit because I stopped giving information and or I was practicing too hard and giving too much information. So there's been some loops here and there where people were either uncomfortable by the, by the information and or feeling like now I'm not getting information. What do you mean you're not going to give me advice anymore? <laughs> so it's been, it's been challenging in that. But the thing is, is that I just keep following in faith. Nothing in my life has shown me that things go sideways. But again, I'm so lucky mantra continues. And so through the transition, I am personally capitalizing on my intuition and trusting that the information and the answers will come to me as I'm transitioning from purely hairdresser to psychic sometimes into psychic full time. And that's been happening for, I want to say, about four or five years now. And so I still play both roles, but I feel like very steady Eddie in the hair, like that's a really grounded, lovely place for me to be. It's very much like a comfort zone. It's like going home to do people's hair. And now people can ask if they want psychic and I have the ability to do both. And or I'm just doing psychic readings, which is equally joyful. Now, how do you incorporate this into helping other entrepreneurs recognizing kind of their gifts or those voices inside to guide their own path? So what I've really recognized is um, I've, I, because the psychic thing is so different in terms of, of building a business than the hair thing was, like when I was building my hair business, I was rolling my little rolly, you know, blow dryer kit and curling iron to all the local bars and doing hair on ladies nights and passing out business cards. I don't want to be the crazy psychic on a street corner with a crystal ball. Like that's not at all who I am. And so I've had to be really creative about how I'm building this business out. And I've taken a lot of different business coaching classes to learn how to really utilize the online space as well, learning how to sort of create programming for people. And really at the end of the day, trusting my intuition in terms of what do I want to do with this ability and what am I best at? One of the things I'm best at is business. 
I have created a more than six figure business. Like, and when I say more than over the course of the 17 years I've been doing hair, if you consider the amount I've been taking home, it's now well over a million dollars that I've taken home in 17 years with an annual income of anywhere from 125 to 160. And so with that knowledge and then having the client base that I've had, which has been entrepreneurs, really high wielding career driven, predominantly women, I've had a front seat to witnessing people's businesses rise and fall, their careers rise and fall. And because of my keen sense and because of my intuition, it has categorically been put in my brain as sort of like this library of abilities to like grab the information needed for whomever is sitting in front of me. So what I do with my entrepreneurs is recognize one, we all have this in common, self-doubt. All of us fear that we're not good enough and all of us fear that we'll not have the information that we need or to ask for help is a big fear. So when I'm working with entrepreneurs from a psychic level, I'm actually giving them programming that'll help them uh, tear off some of the old programming that they have in their system so that they can get to their intuition, so that they can actually start beginning to listen to it. But we have to identify the ego, which is that doubt, which is that I'm not good enough, which is all the voices in our heads that are our parents and our teachers and the people who have laid track to our belief system throughout our lives. So we peel back those layers. And as we're doing so, we're building the intuitive muscle. And I'm teaching you how to really answer to yourself of what you want, what you love ultimately. What's true in your life? Because once we start answering to our truth, our intuition is more or less on. And then with that, backing it up with just the manifestation tools, real life manifestation tools that'll help you attract the business that you want, attract the clients that you need, and attract the money ultimately that you can make. A lot of us have these money triggers that we don't understand, like we won't allow to actually hold money in our hands, we'll spend it before it gets there, or we'll flat out refuse it. So one of the big things is really teaching people how to contain that kind of energy. And what I've noticed is money and love, believe it or not, so we're money and love are the same energetic container. And so if you struggle in love, there's a good chance you'll struggle in money too. Everything's now starting to make sense, right? Just that little tidbit of information. <laughs> right. Money and love, all the same place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. if, if somebody's going through these kind of self-doubts, because we've all been there, where we have these little voices in our head saying, who am I to do this? Or, or why do I deserve that? What is, what's a, a step that somebody can take to just stop that, you know, or, or their exercises? What kind of next step can, can they do to go beyond this? I'll, I'll actually give you two. And that is you want to name your ego voice and your intuitive voice. So just starting there, just notice the ego voice is the one that's sort of constantly chattering in your head, the to-do lister, the naysayer, the one who's trying to keep you from having a good time. The intuitive voice is lighter, softer, and always seems to show up in the shower in the morning, right? So just to show you the differential of those two voices. So as you name them, you can claim them. 
So once you've sort of claimed those two voices, then when the ego voice comes on, mine's Bob, because I feel like men never listen and Bob just sounds funny. So I'm like, Bob, chill out. Like you got to hush up so that I can get to the truth of what the matter is. And that's stage two. And that is really sitting back when your ego is on fire and you're getting information that says you can't, shouldn't, couldn't, um, any of those self-doubt sort of mantras that are running course in your life. You really put your hand on your heart and feel it and close your eyes and start asking what is true here? What is true? And don't imagine that the answer is just going to come right to you, but rather trust that it's going to. And I think trust is one of our big, big words here. But the more we ask what's true, the more our intuition can respond. Ego doesn't respond to truth. Ego is what we call nowadays fake news, right? <laughs> and your ego is full on fake news. Now your ego is great for certain things. It gets us to listen to podcasts. It gets us to read books. It gets us to go to certain things. And it makes sure that there's toilet paper on the toilet paper rack. And it makes sure that there's food in the fridge and that our kids are where they're supposed to be. But it's not the truth all the time, especially not the voice in our head. I love that, that suggestion. Name them so you can claim them and really get them under control. Yeah, yeah, yes. And the more you ask for your intuition, the more it shows up. And I think a lot of us just think that it's a magic trick and or it shows up here and there. Like a lot of people that I talk to about sort of psychic intuition and that sort of thing, it's like, I've had some psychic moments, but it's here and, and fleeting. Well, if it's, it's like any muscle, if you're not sort of working on it, it's not growing. Like you don't go to CrossFit one day and do a hundred pushups and then skip a month and go back and do a hundred pushups again. Like the muscles don't work that way. You build on them. So first day you start with three pushups, second day, maybe five pushups. And that's how your psychic and your intuition grow as well. Absolutely. Now, as far as it goes to our intuition, do you believe that everybody has this ability to follow it and, and recognize this inner voice? Or is it something that only psychics have? Right. No. This, and I think I'm living proof of that. I think like, I, again, I don't have an ancestry of this. I don't have a history of it. It's not an illness in my family. You know what I mean? Like psychic is something that a, all of us have the availability to hone intuition and psychic being relatively different just so we're clear your intuition is really tapping into your truth that is your spirit or your soul we hear the word soul a lot so your intuition is based on your soul and your purpose-driven self so when you're tapping into that it's really asking your soul for the purpose path like show me on the gps where we're supposed to go here so when you're tapping into your intuition, you're tapping into that still soft voice that lives inside. And if you want to pump up the volume, and all of us can, you start asking your guides, your angels, and anybody who's crossed over to give you more information. But they don't, they're not coming into your life without an invitation. So the guides that are on the other side are people who have been assigned to you who have similar life purpose or had similar life purpose, similar energy, but they don't show up in our lives without invitation. So you have to invite them in. 
The angels are always here. My favorite story to tell about the angels is years ago, I was watching the Today Show with Matt Lauer, and he was doing a story on a woman who jumped out of an airplane and her parachute didn't go off. And she lived, but for the front teeth of her mouth. That was what fell out was her front teeth. So she's telling this amazing story of how like she'd been saved. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh my God, she's pregnant. That's why she lived. And sure enough, the next sentence, she's like, yep, and I'm pregnant. Wow. That's, an, that's an angelic intervention right there. Because that tiny person and that mom had been put on this earth to be together. Whether it's something great or something small, they had energetically made a pact to be here at this time. And when our purpose gets thrown, that's when there's those angelic interventions, those soul survivor stories, these moments in time that shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They'll always show up. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, whenever it comes to, you mentioned having this, this invite, you have to invite them to come into your life. And what does that look like? Is it not just being open to hearing their voices? Is that actually you starting to have conversations? Is that asking for the guidance? Like, what is that invitation like? So for me, like I remember um, going to a psychic because before you know you're a psychic, you're probably seeing psychics. So I remember going to a psychic and learning all this information. And so from that point forward, I was like constantly talking to the ceiling and yelling at everybody and like, why are you making this work? <laughs> why isn't this working? Show me a sign. And so I think that's how it started. I, for me, it started by yelling at them. Now we've got a great relationship. <laughs> but I think for most of us, it's just a general acknowledgement that there is other help a greater force above us that potentially is there on your behalf to help you. And you know what, if this scares you or freaks you out, you should, you don't have to do it. Like this is not something that anybody has to do by any means. And if your version of this is God or it's Jesus or it's mother Mary, it's fine. That's the same. It's all the same stuff. It's all coming from the same place and same energy. And for me, it's all based in love. And if I may give one teeny tiny little like caveat to this, invite only love. Make sure that you're wrapping any of this up in love. Love is the greatest force and power that we all have. And it keeps any stuck, yuck, or wonky energy away from us. When we are in joy, all we can invite in is happy, awesome goodness. So true. I love just sitting back and whenever I'm questioning anything, I just think, is this bringing me joy? Yeah. And it may not be in that moment, but it will be in the next. Mm -hmm. And really listening to the answer. And if it's something I want to continue doing, go for it and go for it 110%. But if it's not, then I have to step back and, and listen and figure out, is this the right path? And there you are listening to your intuition. There we go. <laughs> That's your intuition there, sister. Because you're waiting to see how it feels, right? That's one of the things, that's one of the telltale signs of our intuition is us noticing how things feel. Is it bringing me joy? Does it feel like joy? Is it going to feel like joy later on? And giving it a minute to wait for some answers, that's how we sort of decide. These, it's when we're answering out of fear, when we're moving out of fear that we're staying in our ego and we're playing to this level that is our comfort zone. 
So just going back to kind of when you first started taking this path to gratitude and being mindful about your words and your mindset and, and how lucky you were, did you keep track of, of this journey? Like, were you writing in some kind of journal? Were you meditating? Were you just being mindful? How did that look in your life? Or was it just simply saying those words? Yeah, it was literally just saying those words. I am so lazy. If I'm really honest, like I'm a successful entrepreneur. I am great with a schedule. I am super down to work my butt off. But when it comes to like meditating and doing the things that you're supposed to do, so lazy. But I reckoned I could say this one thing. And so it was, it was virtually just a sentence that I had that I played every single day in my mind and said it out loud and shared it with friends. And it, it was something that was like, I would say my husband, my daughter, we all use this sort of phrase. And, and it's, it's like a living organism in our lives. It's like the fourth person who lives in our lives, if you will, this I'm so lucky thing that has happened. We always are looking for the good news. We're always looking at the luck. But it didn't take me sitting down and meditating with my palms up to get life to change. I don't know as though that's a true thing. I think that's another dogmatic practice that somebody thought was a great idea to try to mess you up and think you're not good enough, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's really how simple it can be. It's just if you don't have the time or the energy or the focus to, to go on and, and do these, quote, mindfulness practices, you can seriously just have this affirmation statement, have this lucky statement, have this power word that you're saying to yourself to make changes yes yes and I think that that's one of the big um, misconceptions and unfortunate pieces of the mindfulness spiritual world right now is that we are selling like meditation like breath mints and we're selling this idea that one must get mindful and I think and may I swear on your program I think we're selling mindfulness, but we're not being honest that most people are starting from a place of mind fuckedness. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're so effing busy these days but to, to imagine that we can go from driving 90 miles an hour in our lives to pillow top palms up, oming with a clear brain is really asking a lot. And most of us are working full-time gigs, potentially entrepreneurs with kids and, and trying to do a whole heck of a lot. And so if it's a matter of implementing something so small as a mantra, we know we can actually accomplish that. It's something that has a no fail rate on. Whereas like I'm going to meditate for 21 days with Oprah and Deepak might have a fail rate on it. <laughs> Somebody's going to get sick. Something is going to happen to wreck that 21 day process. Whereas picking a sentence or picking a feeling or sticking to something so small has no fail rate on it. I love that. And that's just something that we can all start implementing right now. And I have my little mantras. You can't see them. They're on a little post-it note right here on my laptop. So I see them every day at my computer. And they're so important to just say to yourself and, and be focused on. And they don't have to be these long, in-depth things. I find like yours, the shorter, the better, because then you don't have to remember it. It comes out naturally. Right. And it's really, I mean, if we're really being honest, the, the clarity here is pick something that you know you can believe. 
You know, like I'm so lucky, felt like a lie, as I mentioned at the beginning, but I knew it's what I wanted. Like I wanted to experience luck. And I didn't know what it looked like from the perspective of how I was imagining it. Probably at first I was thinking winning the lottery would be awesome. But when I was applying it just in gratitude to my life on every level, everything started to change. And that's where we're like, there was a belief, enough of a belief or enough of a desire that, that kept it going. And I think that that's the piece that really wins here is that I chose something that I wanted. I chose something that I knew I could believe in. I had seen proof in other people and I knew that I could kind of follow in that, in that light and in that footstep. It was almost like creating this ideal self looking forward, yeah. like what you wanted in your future and just mm -hmm. being there. Even mm -hmm. if it was faking it until you made it, you were just there yeah. every day and every moment practicing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. So I feel like we've covered so much today, but you know, I, I have a million other questions to ask and I was on your website and it's phenomenal. There's so many resources there. So you know, I, I want to thank you Willow for taking the time and, and joining us and and I want to make sure that we share where our listeners can go to learn more about you because you're just full of this light and energy and information. So, so where can they go to learn more? Well, thank you. Um, so real easy, willowbradner.com. So I'm sure uh, as this post comes out, it'll be spelled out. So it'll be really easy, but it's willowbradner.com. And from there, I have a couple different options. You can certainly call and get a one-to-one -one reading if that's something that's up your alley. But if you're more in the process of wanting to really up level your life and capitalize on your own intuition, then I have a really awesome program called Rise Ignite. And you can choose the DIY version, or you can choose one where you actually get to work with me and hang out and kind of really get some more hands-on tools for this. Awesome. So yeah, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes so they can definitely go to your website and check awesome. those out. Oh, awesome. So that's it for today's episode. I'm so excited to have you guys listen to this and just, I can't wait to hear the you know, results and you guys putting into that simple action step. I know, you know, we're going to be seeing some results on your end very soon. So make sure you tune in next week to talk more about gratitude and how you can put this into your lifestyle. You've been listening to gratitude and grace, the number one podcast for people who want to embrace abundance and positivity daily. Don't forget to grab this week's show notes and free resources at lifedefinedbygrace.com. If you love this week's episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review.